Welcome back to the LED Project Podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger, and I am so thrilled this evening to be joined by uh, educator Josie Bensko. Josie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm excited to be here. I'm I'm doing really well. We were just talking a, a second ago that uh, we're both glad that the snow is finally gone and the warmer weather yes. is finally here. Our kids are definitely craving it, and I am too. I was getting antsy for sure. Right. Did you get hit bad with that last snowstorm, not this past weekend, but the prior weekend? So we have had snow for the past three Sundays since Easter. This was the first Sunday that we have not had snow, so it was a big deal here. Yeah, we're, we were the same. We didn't, this last time we didn't get hit super hard, but the time before that we got like <laughs> 15 inches. And and I, I grew up in Wisconsin, lived in Houston for eight years. And then this oh, is man. my first. This is my first year back in Wisconsin. Oh, it was welcome just, back! Yeah, yeah. I told all my friends that it was my fault. Like that was the universe getting retribution on me for missing all the snow for eight years. Yep, so, without a doubt, that's so. Yeah, funny. so you can blame me for your bad weather. That, <laughs> Thanks. So all don't right. ever move to Houston again. Well, you know the funny part was though too. The year before I moved, they had a big hurricane, and the hurricane down there came two weeks after I left. So wow. I don't know. You just got bad luck with weather. <laughs> I, well, yeah, according to that, it was it was good though. So all right. So to get started, we have these cards that we got from a friend. His name's Chad Littlefield. He runs a company called We and Me, and we use them with students and like in professional developments just mm-hmm. to encourage conversation. So this is this is a green one and it's a lighter question. And and the question is, what do you have on your refrigerator door? Oh gosh, on my refrigerator door, I have a calendar. That's actually new because I needed to get my life together. So I went to Target and bought a calendar to write everything down. And I also have um, some old Christmas cards because, you know, that's just where my life's at right now. <laughs> it's April and Christmas cards are still up from oh my, my family. Oh, I still have. Well, <laughs> I, I can't really answer because I live like I rent a room from someone. So it's uh-huh. I, like I don't put but it, like my whiteboard in my classroom has got all of them. And right now I've got. Mm-hmm five different save the dates for weddings between three weeks Same, from yes. now. I, I have one right now. Uh-huh. My, my younger sister is getting married in two and a half weeks. And then I have f- four more between then and August. Oh my gosh. So That's crazy. I've got a bunch of those. And then I've got a few pictures of my nephews and I've got a few mm-hmm. uh, friends from Houston who sent me their Christmas cards. So that was really nice. So yeah, I don't yeah, have that's a refrigerator. A fun question. Those are cool cards. Yeah, and they have uh, like different categories. So like, uh, blue is really thought provoking, and purple mm-hmm. is like a deeper question. And they give you all this like the the pack of cards. So it looks like this. It comes it comes in a box like Where this. Where can you buy them? Where can you get them at? Uh, their website is weand.me. That's cool. So, Those are cool. Yeah, and My and. Kids will like them. Yeah, I mean they're great with kids, but we we were at a conference at the University of New Mexico, and Chad facilitated it with four hundred teachers in the room. Oh wow, that is so, amazing! And and they're really they're really cool. So and Chad, like Chad, is a super cool guy. We've been friends with him for a long time, so we mm-hmm. like to give him a shout out whenever we can. So all right, first, <laughs> yeah. first, first real question: Who was your favorite teacher and why? Okay, this is a funny story. So I teach sixth grade science right now. And my favorite teacher was my sixth grade science teacher. And she is just incredible. When you think of a science teacher, you think of like someone crazy and outgoing and passionate. And this was 
her. She was everyone's favorite teacher. And I got to call her mom. She was my mom. Oh, oh you set me up right there. Oh. I know, yeah. So, I don't know if a lot of people know that. So my mom was my sixth grade science teacher. I grew up in a super small town. And she was the only sixth grade science teacher. So I had no choice. And my brother had her as well. And she was everyone's favorite teacher. And then obviously she's mine. Did you did you call her Ms. B or did you call her mom in class? No. Yeah. So she was like, there's only two people in the whole world that can call me mom. So you're calling me mom at school. Nice. So. Nice. How small a town did you it grow was... up in? What? How small a town did you grow up in? I want to compare oh, and see man. how small. So my graduating class was 89. 89 oh, students. I got you beat. We were 107. Wow. So, but that was like the biggest class our school has ever had. And now they have like 70 mm-hmm. kids in a class. So. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, she was awesome. And she's definitely was my inspiration. So my whole life, I just saw her love teaching, love the career and, you know, never saw her down, never saw her hating her job. She loved to go to work every single day. And you know, that's what I strive to be as well. If I could be as a half, half as good as her, then I'm doing something right. Is she still teaching? She does not. So she retired the same year that I got my first job. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. That's such, oh man, I can't believe how well you set me up for that punchline. I was not <laughs> expecting that. Good, I'm glad I got you. That was awesome. All right, so... If you were a, as a teacher, if you were a superhero or had a superpower, what would it be? Okay, so don't hate me. I literally know nothing about superheroes. Like, no idea. Like, I've seen Spider-Man, I've seen Batman, and that is about it. So I have no idea how I should answer this question. And I'm like, okay, so who are the girls' superheroes? That was my first thought. And so it's like Catwoman, Wonder Woman, Superwoman. I don't. Wonder, Wonder Woman. I Did I already say that? I don't know. Yeah. So I have absolutely no idea. I would say Wonder Woman because, you know, I deal with 12-year-old, 13-year-olds all day long. <laughs> That's a good I enough answer. But <laughs> That's a good enough answer. I went from uh, 12 and twelve and 13-year-olds to 15 to 18-year-olds. Mm, I know. Everyone thinks we're crazy, but for I, some reason I just click with them. I think it's because I'm a middle schooler at heart. Oh yeah, you have <laughs> I still to. Act like them sometimes. Oh, you have to. You have to be able to do that. So, all right. Mm-hmm. So on on to a little more serious question. What is your yeah. your take on the state of education right now? Oh man, so this is a big question. There's so much going on right now, and I feel like a lot of it is negative. Education has been in the spotlight recently, within the past year or so, and it's all negative things. So my take on everything is. You know, we just need to shed some light on the positives that are going on in our classrooms. And I feel like everyone on the social media world, teachers in social media, we are all trying to do that and showing the positives, you know, great things that we're doing, how schools really should be perceived. And so I just want to focus on that instead of all the negatives. And I think there are some really big people that are doing an amazing job at that rather than having everyone focus on the negatives. I really, we need the media to see how, you know, these teachers are incredible and amazing and doing so much in their classrooms rather than just negative after negative after negative thing. Yeah. 
You know, I totally agree. And and the cool thing about, you know, being a part of the, especially the Instagram teacher community mm-hmm. is like, there's so like, I looked at like the, the story thing and like, I, I swiped across to see like how many stories there were. And I like, couldn't swipe to the end of all I, of the teacher there stories. Is no, there's no way that I could possibly watch everyone's, but everyone is just so positive and it, it's incredible to watch. And if only the media could see what everyone is doing on Instagram and social media, then you know, that would be a perfect world. Yeah. And you know, the, and it, and even when you're having like it, any of us are having a bad day, like people talk about it, but it's not like mm-hmm. they don't ever go crazy and hate on everybody. Hey, that's what's so amazing is you share the realness, but it's never the negative yeah. at all. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's awesome. So do you have a educational philosophy or kind of a, a mentality that you bring to the classroom? Yeah, lots of people have sayings or slogans and I don't I really don't have one. I just I focus on engagement in my classroom at what my classroom runs on. Um relationships with the kids and music. I think those are my three things. When someone says like describe your teaching philosophy or describe your classroom, what does it look like? It's definitely relationships, engagement, music. For sure. Perfect. So that really What do you kinda- say yours would be? Um, I'm just really like, I'm, I'm all about the relationship piece. Like Mm -hmm. I really, um, I agree. I just, I, I, I'm having a harder and harder time every year, like with the amount of content that we're giving kids, just because I think the, they can find it so easily. They don't need to be bombarded. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I left urban, you know, title one school district in Houston and came to a very like well-off small town, probably a lot like you grew up and these kids, these kids got just as many problems. Mm -hmm. And it's just like the relationship piece for me, I I know that's what's impactful. I mean, and obviously it's easy for you to say, because your mom was your favorite teacher, but I know you've had other teachers that that really impacted you. And it's never because of, you know, how or what they taught. It was because because of that relationship and, and exactly it's like it's that saying that you don't remember or they won't remember what you say but they'll remember how you make them feel you know every kid deserves to know that someone is there for them or that their teacher's there for them if they need anything they can come and talk to them and so that's what I strive for I want to be that person for every kid and I know that's not possible but for as right. many as I possibly can. You know, and, and, and the funny thing with that too is, and I was telling the story the other night when we were on with someone, like I have a study hall, which is just like a hundred kids in our, in our commons, like supposed oh, wow, to be doing work. Lot. Yeah. But you know, I, there's like a half a dozen kids in that class that tell me I'm their favorite teacher, even mm-hmm. though I don't teach them anything. And I'm like, and one day they were just like, you know, you're the only person that really listens. That's and, insane. That's incredible for you, but that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and on, oh, gosh, what's going on? Hold on. I don't, the one time I am on the phone, somebody tries to call me. So, <laughs> that's okay. Sorry. Um, but, you know, the, it, it's just, I mean, like you said, it's such a compliment for me. But then on mm-hmm. the same token, it really, like, breaks my heart at times because these kids are like, I don't, let me ask you, when did you get your first cell phone? Um, sixth, seventh grade, maybe seven. And it was only like no texting, no internet. 
you know, it was just for when I started to do sports and athletic events that were overnight. And so my parents were like, oh, you need a phone to call us in case of an emergency. So when, when, how old were you when you started on social media? Oh man, I remember my mom would not let me have a MySpace and I was so mad at her. <laughs> but I think I got Facebook as a sophomore in high school. And that was okay. the first thing. Okay, so then we're, I guess we're probably not that far. If you know MySpace, then we're probably not that far apart in age. But <laughs> yeah. um, no, I was like, I was 19 when I had my first phone. And it mm -hmm. just blows my mind, like, what, like, the good that it brings those kids, but also, like, the drama and, and just I all know. the struggle and that actually, it brings them. That's funny that you bring that up because the past, so this is only my third year of teaching. But for my first few years, the kids were allowed to have their phones all day, every day. You know, they could text in the hallway. They could have it on them in class. And this year, the district took it away from the junior highs and said, you are not allowed to have your phone on you. It has to be off in your locker from 845 till 345 during the school day. And it has been the best thing in the whole world, not only for us as teachers, but I really feel for them as well, because we would have so many issues about them Snapchatting in the halls or texting each other. And then a fight would start and, you know, like a talking fight with girls. But there were just so many issues with that. And this year, just by taking that away, it has blown my mind at how amazing it's been. Oh, yeah. And, and at our high school, we're, you know, our kids are supposed to put them in these, you know, mm -hmm. we have, you know, like the calculator sleeves that we used to have, like that go on the yeah. door. We have those for phones, but none of the, none of the kids, at least that mm -hmm. I know, are ever putting them in there. And I mean, at, at times it's kind of fun because, you know, they're, you know, they, they want to snap. They, they always like are backdoor taking my picture when I'm not paying attention, <laughs> which is funny, but, you know, I just... I just try to tell them because they just they just see everything and like one of my high school girls is on the soccer team and apparently there's this big soccer group chat and it just is drama every night and I just yeah think you know kind of back to how this started like how important is it to have like a really you know solid functioning relationship with an adult that you can kind of mm -hmm. give you that perspective right and a role model too and I coach softball at my school and this year and one of the eighth graders gave me she printed off this essay and she handed it to me and she was like I thought you want, would want to read this and I'm like oh man what is this and it was a letter and their prompt was tell us about your role model and why do you look up to them and it was one of my softball girls and I never had her in class like I was never her teacher but I was solely her softball coach for two years and that was it and so that was like one of the best moments that I've had as a teacher so far. Yeah. I mean, and I can tell you too, like how many, I don't know how many kids that I see every day and I interact with that I hate to admit that I don't even really know their name because I just mm -hmm. see them in passing and, and just have conversations with them. But, you know, me too from coaching, like that's, that's some, and, and I think it goes to the fact that what we do is so far beyond the content and there's so many opportunities for us to really like engage and, and have that relationship with kids that. I just I have a, I have a harder and harder time every year with with content and and really making it important, making it a priority. Mm -hmm. I know I agree with you, especially this time of year. Everyone's like crunching to get everything in, and yeah, you got to look at the big picture. 
Yeah, I'll agree. All right. So coming back to what you said to engagement. So mm-hmm. like I was never really like a science guy, but I think had <laughs> you been, had you been my teacher, I I think I would have really liked it. So how do you, you know, obviously your passion you you have a passion, but how does that come across to your students and how does that foster engagement with them? Yeah, so my number one goal is to make every kid want to come into my classroom every day and not know what to expect. You know, just surprise them and just have them on their toes. And so that's a huge piece of engagement. Another one is, so I teach sixth grade, and that's the entry level to our building. And they usually in elementary school have don't have a lot of time for science. You know, they focus on math in ELA a lot. So the kids hardly have any science background. So it's my job, I feel, to just instill this love of science into them and see how fun it can be and to see that, um, you know, they can really dig deep into it and it's something that they really haven't done before. So I just try and be over dramatic and as excited as I can about it <laughs> to really have it come across to them. But engagement is a huge piece of my teaching, and science lends itself to that, I feel. You know, we are constantly doing labs, or I'm constantly having the kids up and moving around the classroom. So, I don't know, engagement is is key, especially for our middle schoolers who are constantly fidgeting and moving. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was, like, just watching your story and stuff, like, the, the new, all the Newton's Law labs you mm-hmm. did were so awesome. And like I wanted to go and set a bucket like out in the driveway <laughs> just do and, and run <laughs> to see if I could get the ball to go in the bucket because I was just like, and, but it's oh, such that's a that's so cool. That's such you a you should have done that. I know I should have. I might have to do it just and like add it to my Instagram story, uh-huh. but I don't know how I'm gonna video myself doing it. It's gonna, not gonna work. But but like I I just feel like that's such a simple like activity for them to do, but it mm-hmm. it seems so concrete in. No, I just try and have one piece of movement or hands-on activity every single class period for the kids because, I mean, I cannot imagine sitting for 50 minutes, really all day, but one class is 50 minutes. So I just try and find one little thing that relates to what we're doing to get them up and moving. Yeah. do I mean, do your kids, like, do they do things like take notes still or is that a part of it? That is a huge question that I get, and everyone is like, your class looks so fun. What about, like, my class is so boring. All I do is take notes and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, I still run a normal class. I just don't post about it on Instagram. You know, it's not really fun when I (laughs) video my kids taking notes. They're going to be like, what are you doing? Like, why are you recording me writing in my notebook? Um, But I just try and chunk it so it's not a long period of time. And so, like, every 10 or 15 minutes, we're doing something different. Um, my kids still have tests, you know, they do projects. Right. It's not all fun and games, but trying to incorporate a little bit every single day is the goal. Do you feel like that, that reaches, you know, even that kid that's kind of out on the margin. That's like, I'm, I'm not doing this science stuff. I've never, I mean, cause it must be hard when they don't like have any real science background. Mm-hmm. Like, do you struggle with like getting, I guess, down to their level and and figuring out where their baseline's at? Yeah, it was really hard at first. I feel like now that it's my third year, I know what they're going to come in with. So that's been a lot easier of a transition. But 
science is definitely one of the subjects for the kids that need movement or behavior issues. It's really where they thrive because they're up and moving. They have hands-on kinesthetic activities and really, you know, those behavior kids hardly ever misbehave in science because they don't have time. You know, their hands are constantly doing something with our lab that they don't have time to get in trouble. So are you, are you creating most of that stuff on your own or are you working with a team or are you searching the internet? Yeah, How so do you... I am, I'm really lucky that uh, my coworkers are amazing <laughs> and we think the same. We have the same mindset about teaching and about science. So I, there are two other sixth grade science teachers at my school and so we all collaborate. We do the exact same things every single day. So that's really nice because if a student on my team goes to lunch and tells their friends about something that they did in science that was super cool, then their friend also just did that activity. Where I think it would be hard if, you know, one of my coworkers did this super awesome lesson and then I wasn't doing it. That would be hard to hear the kids talking about that in the halls. So we're all on the same page. We divide the work and conquer and we just all have that same mindset of, hands-on, minds-on learning, and they learn best by movement, which is awesome. Yeah. I could not tell you enough great things about my coworkers. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think you're you're really lucky in that to have those coworkers. Oh, cause, yeah. Because I know that I, I've had experience with coworkers that were not, um, mm-hmm. you know, my, my first few it jobs is, yeah. were, were... I'm definitely in the minority in my situation. Right. Right. You know, I, well, my issue was I grew up in Wisconsin and I took a job in Houston and the first class I taught was a full year of Texas history. (laughs) Because down there, they, they love Texas. I don't know if you know that about Texans. I do. One of my good friends just moved down to Texas and I just cannot believe everything that they do down there. I mean, love Texas teachers, Mm -hmm. but it's just a big difference. Yeah. You know, they, they pledge their own flag every morning Uh at school. So, mm-hmm. but you know that, and I was on a team with very veteran teachers and veteran is a nice way of saying they were older, much older than I was, mm-hmm. you know, old so they were a, oh, old school, like get in your desk, mm-hmm. sit down, you're going to do this. Yeah. You're not. And it just, it just didn't jive with what I wanted to do. So, but you know, I've also then been on very awesome teams and I was super fortunate mm-hmm. and like my my partner in the podcast like we we taught on the same team so so you get the good with the bad so I but yeah, yeah. You do. all right you get so through it. you talked about music so what is the mm-hmm. you know like we're we're starting backing up like where did your love of music come from I just have always listened to music and I am that, you know, I love all the teeny bopper music from the Jonas Brothers to Justin Bieber to One Direction. You know, that was me when I was a teenager. And so I can relate to our kids and I know that they are constantly listening to music. If I see them in the halls, they have headphones in at all times. And so I just knew that when they're at home, they constantly have music on and that that's something that I should do in my classroom as well. So what's, what's, what's on, on the most current, what's on your current playlist for your classroom? It's so hard to make classroom appropriate playlists. Let me just tell you, especially with these picky middle schoolers who all they want is, you know, whoever the biggest rap star is right now. And I'm 
just like, you don't understand. I cannot play that in our classroom right now. <laughs> so that's yeah. been hard. But, oh, what's a good one? I mean, current songs is hard. They love the movie playlist. And the, I was shocked. Their favorite playlist right now is the oldies. Like Jackson 5, Michael Jackson, and oh, nice. the one of my kids, the one kid who requests like Gucci Gang and Lil Pump every single day, he actually asked me if I could put on the oldies playlist the other day. And I was like, who are you? What? What did you just ask for? My my high school kids are like always saying the names of, of these different rappers that I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just like, hey, I listen to rap. But I listened to rap where I could yeah, still, I like, understand like, what they were saying. Yeah, I'm like, I'm young. I listen to the radio. I I feel like I know what's going on. And they say these songs and these artists. And I'm like, what? I don't know what's happening. Yeah. yeah. Usually. Go ahead. I was going to say, usually when they complain, I just put the beat, the Justin Bieber on. And then they <laughs> just stop. Because they know that I'm done. That's so I'm funny. Done My kids around. complain about him too. And then, or a big one with middle schoolers, I don't know if you know who it is, is Jacob Satorius. And he's like, a, I don't know. He's like 12 years old. Um, but they, when I put him on, they're like, oh no, why? And then a couple of seconds later, they're all singing to his songs. And I'm like, hmm. Are they are they are they dancing their way through your class and through the school all the time? They because, are, oh and goodness. at the beginning of the year, yeah, at the beginning of the year, I'm super strict with my rules. I tell them they can't sing; they they can only lip sing. And if they're louder, if their voices, their talking voices, if it's louder than the music, then the music goes away. And so, at the beginning of the year, I have to be extre- I have to be strict with it because you know. Their teachers probably aren't listening to music. They tell me that all they listened to was like the cello or instrumental versions, which I still love. But they're like, oh, we listen to our old classical songs. Um, So they come from that. So then playing, you know, what songs are on the radio. So there's definitely a transition and I have to train them to what's appropriate during class and what's not. But at the end of the year, I definitely loosen up a little bit. But And they are dancing and I'm dancing as well. Do... (laughs) Do you struggle with them understanding, like, what the songs mean? I mean, because in sixth grade, they should have a pretty good idea. But I just felt like when I was at that age group, like, they they would say words that I was like, you you really don't know what that means. Because if you Uh did, you wouldn't say it. That's another reason that I made my own playlist was, number one, the bad words in them. And number two, like, all the underlying innuendos and what the artists were talking about. So... For every single song that I add to my playlist, I listen to it multiple times. I look up the lyrics because I'm like, there are thousands of teachers playing this in their classrooms. And if their principal walks in and listens to this, I don't want to be the one <laughs> that they come to saying, why did you add this to your playlist? Um, but it's funny because I have these little slips that the kids can fill out for song suggestions. And on there, there's a box that they have to check that says, I looked up the lyrics And I know that there are no bad words in it. And it is so funny because I'll have some of the boys come up and they'll look up one of a rap song and they'll be like, I promise you, I promise this one doesn't have any bad words in it. And then they'll look up the lyrics. And one of my boys, he was like, Miss Bensko, I listen to these songs all the time. And I swear I had no idea that it was saying all these bad words. (laughs) 
and they just they don't think about it they just are constantly exposed to it and they they don't understand what it's saying or they don't really hear the bad words it's so funny like um do you know the the song by the rap song by drum called broccoli yes oh my god i had kids that were just like come on play it it's just talking about vegetables <laughs> and i and i was like no 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 uh, yeah Oh, so funny though. So, all right. So, you know, coming back to kind of what you said were your, your main things, your kind of philosophy, how do you, how do you go about building relationships? Are there some tangible things that you try to do or is it just kind of something that comes naturally to you? Uh, I think a little bit of both. A lot of it comes with standing outside your door every morning, saying good morning to the kids. What'd you do this weekend? Just having genuine conversations with them and, like you said before, we just don't get enough time for that, which is hard. So I just try and make as much time for that as possible. Um, another thing that I love to do is going to their events outside of school, especially when they ask like the music concerts, their sporting events. And when they see you there, they know that you care. And their parents, they'll come up to me and they'll be like, this is all they've talked about for the whole week is how you're coming to their basketball game or you're coming to their band concerts. And I'm like, wow, I really would never think that they would get so excited to see us outside of school. So that's a big, a key for me as well. Right. And how much, how much of yourself do, do you show them? Like, do you, do you really let them get to know you well? I do. It takes a while. Know, at the beginning of the year not a whole lot just a little you know basics about me but if they ask a question I'll pretty much answer anything how do you feel about that oh I, what's well, your I'm, take with high I'm, schoolers I'm the, well you know for me like the, the high schoolers like and I'm sure your, your sixth graders know this too like these kids know when someone's not being real with them mm-hmm. like like they sniff that out so you know I get you know, I get the, uh, let's see, my high schoolers, you know, they like to make fun of me that I'm bald. You know, like, <laughs> I, I, I don't have a lot going on up here, so I keep it short. So they are always constantly trying to remind me of that. But, you know, I was really open with them about, you know, the fact that I lived in Texas and the fact that I moved mm-hmm. here. And, you know, they always want to like be like, you, you'd be amazed how many 15-year-olds give really good dating advice. Like, they are just... <laughs> They know, like... Oh, I know. They're so funny about it, too. They're, they're just... They're like, Coach, you better get on Tinder because, you know, you're not very young anymore and your window's closing. Mm-hmm. I'm just sort of like, thank you for really... I know. They're uh, so harsh. Yeah. <laughs> but but there are there are genuinely, like, like a lot of the kids... I mean, they mean well and they, and they want, mm-hmm. you know, like, the best for me. And there are so many that are like, we're going to find you somebody. And, and, and those parts you can't have those parts if you don't open yourself up to, to that. And like, I know, agree. They, it's gotta be a two way street. Like if you expect them to trust you and have a relationship with you, then you've got to open up. Yeah, absolutely. So, so if you can have a little bit, I think with the high schoolers, you got to have a thick skin because they'll, you know, if, if I were to get defensive about that stuff, you know, it's just, it, it gives you, it gives you an opportunity. And like, like you said, to, to just do stuff. Like I was at school and I had to run to Walmart real quick and pick a couple of things up. And I saw a couple of kids and they asked me where I was going. And I said, I was going to Walmart and they go, will you just pick us up a snack real quick? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, so you li- yeah. little stuff like that goes, goes mm-hmm. so far. 
you know, letting them go. I have a coffee pot in my room. I let kids go down to my room and just get a cup of coffee if they need it, you know? So it's, yeah. it's, it's I'm stuff the same like way that. With gum. My kids always know that I have gum if they ever need a piece of gum. I'm the gum machine. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. So I definitely want to be respectful of your time. I know you, you're busy yeah. as the teacher is. So can you talk a little bit about your new website and your blog, which is really awesome, by the way. Thank you. It's brand new, very new. I still don't know what I'm doing yet, but <laughs> it's fine. So I just wanted somewhere where I could share more of my classroom, share more of my ideas. You know, Instagram only gives you 15 seconds for a video on Insta stories yeah. or your captions can only be so long. So a blog is just somewhere where I can write more and I love to write and I can really just go into detail of what I'm doing in my classroom so that other teachers can read it and then implement it into their classrooms with their students as well. And that is the goal. Awesome. And do you get, are you getting a lot of like messages on Instagram? Are you just like constantly replying to people who are asking questions about your lessons and stuff like that? It's a lot. If I get the same question multiple times, then I'll jump back on Instagram stories and kind of answer it there, which is what I've been doing lately. Um, Cause it's a lot. I do get tons of messages, especially like, um, do you sell this product or things like that? But a lot of stuff comes from my district or I create with other teachers. So that's why I made the blog is because if I don't post something, then they can read all about it and try and make it themselves for their classrooms. Right. Right. I mean, and that's, I just, I just worry. Cause like, do you, I mean, do you, is there a way, do you turn your notifications off when you're at school or something like that? Cause I feel like it would drive me bonkers if I was. And, and yeah. That, so I have, all of my Instagram notifications off on my phone. I had them on for the longest time and it would just be constant. And yeah, I, I couldn't deal with it anymore. So I tried to reply to as many messages as I can, but it just gets overwhelming. Yeah. Crazy. And, and granted, like I want us to be that to where like we're getting questions, <laughs> but, but I also fear that moment of being like, oh man, like. I know. And it's, I don't want to come off, you know, any certain way but I remember especially you know you were just we were talking about Mr. D before this and I would reply to like every single one of his stories and he would never reply to me and so I would be like oh my gosh you know why isn't he replying and take it very personally and then I'm like oh my gosh he has a hundred thousand followers he probably gets a hundred thousand messages a day right so right. I get a teeny tiny bit I I understand him yeah so that's <laughs> That's crazy. But I mean, like you said, it's, it's, I mean, it's really cool. Like we've had some people just with the podcast, like reach out to us and ask us questions. And I'm like, wow, this is really fantastic. People want to know what we're doing. So, so yeah. So is Instagram your number one platform or are you yeah. guys? We have a yeah. Facebook page as well, but I mean the mm -hmm. Facebook, I'm, I guess the younger and younger teachers, I don't think they use Facebook as much as, mm, I agree. as you know, us in our, early, early thirties people, you know, <laughs> still use Facebook. Um, but yeah, we're, we're trying to build it there and I can't seem it's like, hard to keep up with multiple platforms. Yeah. So Instagram is my number one. I have a Twitter. It's not really good. I have a Facebook. It's not really good either. So it's Wait. hard to do all of it. And then like, you know, there's, there's, there's Snapchat and people are like, you gotta be on Snapchat, but I can't do like, I don't know how people go have like the exact same thing on their Snapchat story and their Instagram story. And yeah, that's just too much. I, mm -hmm. 
I we just, actually have a job, you know. We actually teach. Yeah, day. yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and I like Snapchat just because it. I get videos of my nephews, so that's yeah. that's fun. So, yeah, awesome. All right, so we're gonna ra- try to start to wrap it up here and make sure we we get you out of here before it's too late. So, all right, so what is something, what, or what are you most passionate about right now? And this could be teaching or otherwise. Oh, lots of things. I don't know where to begin. I mean, definitely music, number one, whether that's just me at home or love going to concerts. That's what I do all summer long with my friends. So that's why I I like to implement it into my classroom is because I have a passion for music. I know the kids do as well. That's huge. Um, What else? What else? I like to work out. I know that sounds lame. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, I, I don't know if I'm passionate about it, but I like trashy TV. You know, we have to have some balance in our life. Ooh, what, what, what trashy TV are you normal. watching? Any reality TV show is my jam. You know, Bachelor, Bachelorette, Kardashians, Vanderpump, you name it. I watch it. And I follow all of them on every social media account. <laughs> I just can't. Like, I can't bring myself to, like... Uh, I know. It's either you love it. it or you hate it. Well, I, I don't, it's not that I love or hate it. I think I would just, if I got into it, I think I would be hooked and I just, I don't mm-hmm. want to let, I don't want to let them get my, the hooks into me. Yeah. So, so I don't know if I'm passionate about it, but it's definitely an outlet. When yeah. I'm what did you, what did you think of the, uh, the guy who picked the one girl on the bachelor and then oh left for the other girl? Yeah. Don't even get me started. So, I do not like Ari. So that this podcast is going a totally different direction. <laughs> I just can't believe like how many people just were so like just vicious with that guy and yeah. uh, it's crazy. But I guess you I know you, half feels bad, but the other half is like I it's a publicity stunt, you know. Who knows? You never know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like a lot of those bachelor bachelorette relationships ever really work out in the end. No, they never do ever. <laughs> All right. So what is the best advice you've ever been given and who gave it to you? Oh, best advice. I don't know if any one particular person gave it to me, but definitely as a first year teacher, you have to leave it at school. You have to take time for yourself. I know I really struggle with that. I would be at school every single weekend during my first year of teaching. And my coworkers would be like, Josie, just go home. Like, stop. Everything's going to get done. You need to take a break. Um, So that would definitely be advice to a first-year teacher. And another thing is I don't only teach science. I teach ELA as well, but science is just my main thing. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, So my first year, I wanted to be this amazing teacher in every single subject that I taught. And so I I spent all my time focusing on science, and then I would go to these ELA meetings for our district, and I would – come home and I would just like cry because of all the amazing things that I'm supposed to be doing in my classroom for ELA that wasn't happening and so I just needed to remember that you know you can't be amazing at everything especially during your first year of teaching you know choose something choose one thing focus on that and then the rest will come perfect and I was gonna ask you your advice for like a new struggling teacher but you yeah you just answered it that was perfect so all right and I have to remember both of those things currently as well not just for a new teacher yeah you know and that's and I I think I've learned that too I think just that lesson of 
either everything will get done or learning how mm-hmm. to like prioritize the things that really need to get yeah. done and, and not, like you said, not trying to do so much. Because mm-hmm. I was, yeah. I coached football through the fall and basketball through the winter. So once that was done, like 350 is my go time. I'm like mm-hmm. out, out the door. Those are two long sports too, long seasons. Yeah. But luck- luckily for me, basketball got me through the the way longer winter than we needed to have. So <laughs> True. All right. What would you say is your proudest accomplishment to date? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know about a big accomplishment. I would just say that when my former students, so my first class, they're eighth graders right now. When they come back to visit me after school, like that is what I love that. I think that's, when I would say I have done my job, they know that I care, they're coming back to see me, and I would count that as an accomplishment. So I just love when my former students come to my classroom, either before or after school or just in the hallway, but I just I love that so much. Yeah, it's, it's crazy for me because my first group of seventh graders from 2009 are like graduating college and and I becoming I adults yeah. and and you know a couple of them are parents <laughs> and you know they send me messages and at first it was like hey will you help me with the scholarship thing and now they're like hey will you be a reference on a job for me and I, I just am like oh god it makes me I know I can't imagine yeah. they're about to go to high school and I'm like what what am I gonna do I can't believe it right right all right so so people that want to follow you where's the the best place or the best way that they can follow you yeah definitely Instagram and my username is maniacs in the middle because only maniacs teach middle schoolers mm-hmm. and then what is your website and blog yeah my website is just maniacs in the middle.com too nice all the awesome mm-hmm. all right so thank you so much for taking time to spend with us we really i really enjoyed yeah, it. i had a good fun. time absolutely so <laughs> awesome so our last question before we let you go here is what do you want your legacy to be with my students or with like either either teachers either either any any and all variations hmm I want my legacy to be, do you remember Miss Bensko and all the crazy things we did in science class? For sure. That's, that's one of them. And I hope, you know, even if they don't remember the very specific science things, I want to remember how my class made them feel. Perfect. That's awesome. Thank you so much for spending time with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank it. you for having me. Yeah, and if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at value adds value. Um, to those Perfect. of you that are out there, our website is theledproject.com. And we can't we hope that you'll um, you know subscribe on iTunes and, and leave a review. That would mean the world to us. Mm-hmm. But Josie, once again, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was good to talk to you. Mm-hmm.